All my life, been grinding all my life. Sacrifice, hustle, pay the price. Wanna slice, got to roll the dice. That's why, all my life, I've been grinding all my life. Look, all my life, been grinding all my life. Sacrifice, hustle, pay the price. Wanna slice, got to roll the dice. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome, welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Once again, 24's podcast, pause the music. Gotta put all, gotta, gotta stop Nipsey for a little bit. <sighs> Welcome back, 24th Podcast. We're going to have a really, really awesome show. We're going to start off with uh, some serious stuff. It's not that serious. It's about voting. And then uh, we'll kick it back to uh, to freaking talking about sports and other stuff. Unpause my music. <clears throat> going to go over all of the, uh, the upsets that happened this week because literally every single game besides like a couple were upsets. Jesus Christ. I'm going to get into where I was wrong and where I was right, my current winning percentage as it pertains to my ability to pick NFL games. By the way, it's still winning, and it's still extremely high, I might add. Also, we're going to get into uh, what happened over the weekend in college and high school football. Yes, high school football. Ladies and gentlemen, great podcast coming up for you right here. 24 spot. Not gonna lie to you, Grinding All My Life is pretty much one of my favorite songs ever made. Like, you know, not 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 because uh, you know, Nipsey passed, but it's actually a fucking good song. I I love it. I love the premise of it. I love the song. Love everything about it. <clears throat> there's a plenty. There's plenty of songs about you know people on the come up, people working hard and stuff like that. But I don't think that there's one that I've heard at least that embodies the uh, the come up as much as uh, grinding all my life. Shout out to Nipsey Hussle. So if you've been following the podcast for the last couple of days, specifically um, since yesterday, you know that uh, today I was uh, gonna go out and vote. Gonna go out and vote. Went to uh, went to my my county clerk. I think that's what it's called. Went to the county clerk, <clears throat> the county clerk office, and um, got my absentee ballot. They asked me twenty four. What was your reason for um for being absentee? And I was like, I'm gonna be out of the county because I'm gonna go fishing and getting tamales all day during uh I was about to say during the pandemic, but during uh. What is it? November 3rd? I don't know when, when the election is, when the polls is. I'm like, I'm not going to, like, I'm never going to go in person to the ballots ever again. Like, that was so easy to go out and vote. Like, literally, <clears throat> I had my photo ID, my photo ID. I went in, they asked for it. I gave it to them. They asked me, um, hey, are you going to, like, you're registered in the county? You know, why are you fulfilling? Why are you getting an absentee ballot? And I was like, um, because I'm going to, be out of the county, right? Because some people, they have work. Some people, they have school. Like, that's proper reasons to fill out an absentee ballot. By the way, you don't actually have to leave the county to um, to not have an absentee ballot. You just, you know, like, you just actually have to not be at the polls. So if you're, for example, a student, you can be an absentee uh, voter, excuse me. If you're, a, if you're somebody who works, you know, on the day of the election, obviously, you can fill out an absentee uh, ballot in most states, I'm pretty sure that's the case. Pretty sure. So I went in. 
I stood in line. It wasn't a long line because, you know, my my state, uh, technically, I think the, the polls were open or, you know, absentee ballots were open like yesterday. I think that's when, it, like Monday of this week. So, I mean, it wasn't that long of a line in, you know, in my area where I live. Went in, voted for a presidential candidate of my choosing, among other things. Walked out with a I voted sticker. And that was it. Photo ID and that's it. And a reason why. That's it. So, you know, if there's any, like, you obviously have to register to vote, which I am. Um, But that's it. Just in case if anybody was like 24, was it really hard? Was it really like stressful? It's like, no, you just make sure you're registered. You have a photo ID. You walk in, you walk out. That's it. You fill in a, it's like um, you're taking an SAT test or a, one of those like bubble tests. You know, you bubble in the candidate. They have like a square for candidates and stuff like that. And you bubble in the candidate. It's that easy. Go on and vote. No excuse. It's like, it literally took me like, I was standing in line for a couple, for like, I don't know, maybe 10, 20 minutes, maybe even less. It just depends on where you live, by the way. Like, I'm not saying it's transferable across the nation, but it's like, you know, the actual process of voting isn't very difficult. It's not very difficult. People make it seem like it is. Really, it's not. Just register, go out, have an absentee ballot. Super easy. Make time for it. Super easy. Doesn't take, like, they're not going to call me anymore. They're not going to call me. They're not going to email me. It's not. They're not going to bother me. Uh, oh, yeah, by the way, you fold up. It's a, Essentially, your ballot is this gigantic piece of paper with presidential candidates, senators, stuff like that. And, you know, and it has a bunch of um, uh, stuff that's specific to your state, like things that you want to vote for and stuff like that. You fold that over. You put that in an envelope, right? And you sign your name where the seal is on the envelope and you get the choice of whether licking it disgusting or they give you this like um seal like this um not seal but this like adhesive that seals your ballot so if you know if your ballot becomes unsealed on election before election day election day excuse me people will know so you sign your name boom once the seal is broken boom like people will know because it's like oh you know his name is broken or yeah his name is broken right Go out and vote. Super easy. All right. Oh, yeah, by the way, super excited to say this. I am about to break my fast tomorrow. I'm so excited for this. Because finally, I finally get to break it. Um, if you haven't been fo- if you have been following the podcast, you know that I have been fasting for the last two and a half, almost three days since Sunday. I haven't eaten anything. I technically ate, like, some breakfast and stuff. I didn't have dinner, though, which kind of fucking sucks. But, yeah, um, I'll be breaking my fast tomorrow. I went an hour away to get my favorite tamales. Technically, it was, like, two hours there and back. Went there, got my tamales. I got 36 of them because I'm, like, I'm going to eat a lot tomorrow. I think the first thing that I'm going to eat, it's like, you know, it's like I'm fresh out of prison prison excuse me you know it's like what's the first thing that i'm gonna eat it's like tamales cereal pistachios and pralines they also had pralines if you don't know what pralines are they're like they're they're essentially pecan candy i spent two hours driving for tamales and pralines very excited 
<laughs> like, I'm, I'm very excited. And I'll pretty much do something similar um, on Election Day. I'll pretty much just, like, do the exact same thing. And if the pralines are actually good, because uh, I've e eaten a lot of bad pralines. There's The only good ones are homemade. And um, I, they're they're freaking cooling in my fridge right now. The tamales are, my, in my, are in my fridge. I'm already starting to salivate. Just thinking about it. But I'm going to break my fast tomorrow. It's going to be delicious. It's going to be fantastic. I can't wait. I cannot wait. Noon tomorrow. Oh my god. I'm going to eat real food. I'm not I actually I haven't even eaten food. I'm going to eat food that I haven't eaten in like I haven't eaten food in like 3 days, man. Like literally sometimes my mouth starts to salivate just randomly sometimes. God, man. This has been like I woke up this morning and my body was shaking, like my hands were shaking, and it was like I was either on drugs or off drugs, and I was like, this morning was a bad morning for me, but luckily tomorrow morning, I'm gonna freaking break my fast, by the way, if you don't know where breakfast comes from, break fast, breakfast, that's where that comes from, because you, you know, you're fasting while you're sleeping, you're not eating when you're sleeping, you break your fast, you wake up in the morning, you know, just thought I would put that out there. Anyways, I'm a lot of exciting stuff going on for 24. From for yours truly, I'm super hungry right now. But it's not like a type of hungry where it's like, you know, it's it's it it's not like even though I woke up this morning shaking, it's like it's not as bad as it was like yesterday and on Monday. To yesterday was Monday. <laughs> Anyways, so excited to eat real people food or eat any food. For the first time in three days. Let's get started with the podcast. So let's kind of get started on all of my uh, my picks that kind of that I got fucked up um, over the weekend. Vikings for and these are all essentially upsets. Vikings versus Falcons, Bears versus Panthers, Washington versus Giants, Patriots versus Broncos, Bucks versus Packers. I just realized that I haven't looked at any of uh, the game tape for him. I haven't looked at any of the highlights, but um, I can probably... Oh, yeah, and Rams versus 49ers. All of those were upsets. I'm just going to talk about the upsets and not really going to talk about what actually happened in the games. All of my picks got upset. Most of them did. Like, if you told me, for example, Washington, the Washington game I would have lost, and, like, the Vikings game I would have lost, I would have been okay. But like Rams and 49ers, Packers versus Bucks. Packers got destroyed by the Bucks, by the way. If you told me like those games, I would have been like, whoa, 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 what happened? Why did they lose? Right now, I still don't know because I haven't seen the games yet. But yeah, all of my teams, all of my like confident picks, all of the picks that I was confident in, they got fucking upset. And uh, now, for this week, I'm sitting at still a winning percentage. I'm still sitting at a 57.14 win percentage for this week. For this weekend, I had eight wins. I had six losses, not necessarily where you want to be. My overall record is 63 wins to 28 losses. Still a fantastic win percentage at 69.23. But um, I thought that this weekend was stupidly easy. 
to pick, but uh, it, it was not. It was not. All of my teams let me down. Severely so. <clears throat> so we'll see what happens this weekend, but this last weekend, not so good for me. So a lot of people are freaking out about the Cowboys, and I'll adjust the Cowboys later on, but I'm not really worried about the Cowboys because the Cowboys are um, who I thought they were defensively and offensively, so it's not that big of a surprise. Like, wow, what a surprise. Like, I picked against them. They are one of the eight wins that I picked. I was like, I kind of, I like the Cowboys offense, but I'm not really confident in Andy Dalton and the defense, and what a surprise. Andy Dalton and the defense let me down again technically came through for me again because I picked against them. But one of the team, everybody's freaking out. Everybody's saying the Dallas Cowboys are terrible. The Cowboys are trash, blah, 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 blah. Okay, fine, sure. One of the teams that I'm actually worried about, it's not the Cowboys. And a lot of people are freaking out about the Cowboys. And I feel like the Cowboys, because they're such a big team and they're such a big personality and they're such a, you know, a, a, a big team. I feel like a lot of people are overshadowing the uh, one of the biggest losses this weekend. It's not the biggest game that happened this weekend. I'll get into that in a little bit. In fact, I'm watching it on my TV right now. The biggest loss of the weekend, 49ers-Rams. The Rams losing 16-24 against the 49ers, where the 49ers just ran up and down the field on the, on the, on, on the Rams. And the Rams, especially with Aaron Donald, couldn't do anything offensively and defensively. Jalen Ramsey got torched. And it's like, wow, like I can't <clears throat> I can't believe what just happened. I can't I can't believe what like I cannot believe that the Rams just lost. And um I think Fox or yeah, no, 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 no. Um NBC put the game on or they were casting it because of because of Sorry, my microphone just went out. I just pulled my earbuds down. Let me just remove my earbuds because I don't even need them anymore. But um, NBC had had the game. And they were casting the game. And they were talking about how the Rams, they had beaten the NFC. Like all of their games were NFC East games that they won. The only game that they lost was the AFC East and that was the Bills, right? It's like, hold on, wait a minute. You guys have beaten a bunch of cupcakes. Guys haven't won anything this year at all. And when I watched that 49ers game, I was like, I, I, I talked about it during the cast. I talked about how if you take away the easy stuff for both quarterbacks, for either quarterback, and you make them do hard stuff, they'll lose the football game. And that's exactly what they forced Jared Goff to do. They said, Jared, we're not going to allow you to do this. We're not going to allow you to have the short game. We're not going to allow you to do anything that you want to do going into this game. We're going to force you to do a bunch of hard stuff. And you want to know what Jared Goff did? Absolutely nothing. Six points in the second quarter, three, uh, three points in the third quarter. And by that point, it was pretty much, hold on, I got a cough. <coughs> Excuse me. Nine to 21. Um, they were down by 12 points, ladies and gentlemen. They made it a two-score game. Maybe, maybe not a two-score game. They they scored seven points, excuse me, in the fourth quarter, making it 
uh, 16 to obviously 21, but somewhere in the fourth quarter, the Rams scored a field goal, making it an eight-point game. But by that point, it was pretty much over with. I don't get this freak out about the Cowboys. This game, to me, where I, like a couple of weeks ago, if you asked me 24, what, uh, if you asked me like three weeks into the season, 24, what's one of the best teams in the NFL, I would have told you the Rams. I would have been like, wow, their defense is on fire. Their offense is cooking. It seems to be one of the best in the league. And now, when you look at the Rams, it's like, hold on a minute. NFC East teams, those those are the only wins that you have. The only wins that you have. And you go down to a divisional rival, and for the majority of the game, it was not even close. So for me... I, I like I don't I the Rams they may finish third or fourth in their division man it's not that the Rams are bad right it's not that the Rams are bad it's that the Rams they haven't like I don't know Jared Goff and Aaron Donald sometimes they kind of both disappear in big moments as evident in the Super Bowl like Aaron Donald actually had a pretty good Super Bowl but Jared Goff disappeared Aaron Donald kind of disappeared in the Cowboys game. It was more in Dominican Sue. And really in the Super Bowl, it was way more in Dominican Sue than Aaron Donald. But I just, I don't know about the Rams, man. The Rams, they're one of those teams that I just like, I think have some of the right pieces. They have Robert Woods. They have Cooper Cup. They have Sean McVay. They have Jared Goff. They have even that Van Jefferson guy who apparently a lot of people liked. I was like, why can't they do anything with the quarterback position? Why can't he bail them out? I mean, 24 points. I mean, like, it was garbage time for the majority of the game. I mean, they had, it was 6-21 to going into the half. It's like, just let them sling it. They were like, no, we're not going to let them sling it. Point is, um, Rams versus 49ers, not Rams versus 49ers, just Rams in general, I am, I'm out on. They could finish third, maybe fourth in their division. As I turn my page. Let me talk about the Cowboys. So, <clears throat> I was going to pull up a bunch of feeds today on the podcast, um, call it me literally starving because I haven't eaten in like two, uh, two, almost three days. And, um, I just got 36 tamales and pralines. So I'm kind of in a good mood today. So I'm not going to just dumpster on, um, all of the media for freaking out about the Dallas Cowboys. I mean, like I saw Rich Eisen, Rich Eisen for some weird reason, like, like I mean, let me type in a let me type in to YouTube, like Cowboys, Dallas Cowboys, right? Because it's like apparently everyone now has a fucking hot take, and it's so weird. It's like like everyone has a hot take about the Cowboys to me, or not to me, but it's 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 true. It's like, you know, everybody has Cowboy. Hold on, 
boom it's like cowboy cowboy hot take cowboy hot take cowboy hot take Stephen a smith like fucking it's just cowboys 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 hot takes it's like bro like i don't get it for me at least like there are certain teams that i don't cover and i don't talk about because it's like i don't know them that well i don't know the culture around the team there's like certain things like these people i remember i watched um I was I had pulled up a couple of tabs, right? And I typed in um to a search engine. I I typed in Dallas will be better without Dak Prescott. And um there was a, a couple of different people that were like, yeah, like Andy Dalton will prove Cowboys are better than with um um uh Andy Dalton will prove Cowboys are better with him rather than Dak. And that's like from somebody I'm not going to say who and on and on and on and on and on. And it's so weird to me because it's like, I just, I don't get it. I don't get all of these hot takes. Because you, like, not usually, but like literally, nobody had about nobody had a hot take about the Cowboys sucking until like literally yesterday. Or not yesterday, but today. I mean, people report on the Cowboys, they talk about the Cowboys. But I mean, just the, the amount of just flooding people have when it comes to just making hot takes about the Cowboys is ridiculous considering that some of these people haven't even talked about the Cowboys analytically speaking all year long they've been just giving out hot takes or really have been giving like 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 short un uninformed opinions about them like it's like you guys haven't looked at the games at all you know for the entire season and then you want to talk about them okay all right so everybody's spazzing out everybody's freaking out about the Cowboys um, I'm not because I predicted it. I'm like, this is this is who they are as a team. Defense is terrible. Um, offense, Dak was the glue. What a surprise. The quarterback is the most important position on the field. And um, I talked about it yesterday when I was casting the game. I was like, you know, Dak has gotten this shit for the last four years where – he has just been the uh, the guy that everybody freaking scapegoats, right? Like everybody talks shit about Dak Prescott and says, "Well, you know, it's it's not it's not Dak. Uh, he's not the reason why the offense is so successful. It's Ezekiel Elliott and how they run the football. It's uh, the offensive line and how great their play is and blah blah blah, right? It's all that stuff. But then he's out for like one game, and the Cowboys not only do they not score thirty points like they did in literally every game besides the Rams game. They didn't even score. Oh, no, they did score 10, but that was garbage time. They scored three for the majority of the game. Couldn't score anything. And I should also mention this. Um, they didn't have Chandler Jones, and their wide receiving core beats the dog out of the Cardinals. And there were just some throws that Andy Dalton didn't make. And uh, there are some that he refused to make. And the thing that people in the analytics department they aren't very good at reading is actual analytics so for example Colin Cowherd compared Dak Prescott and um, Andy Dalton together I think it was a week ago he was like you know Andy Dalton and Dak Prescott are the exact same player let me read you off his stats here and let me actually go to his numbers when it comes to yards, boom, here we go. Thank you, Pro Football Reference. Let me go to his yards. Here, boom, bang, they pulled him up. 5.7 yards per attempt. That's fucking terrible. 
Let me show you Dak's yards per attempt. And by the way, I think Joe Burrow, who is dinking and dunking a lot and going for high completion throws and stuff like that, he is um, like at that same category, I think, like five, five yards or something like that. Five yards per attempt. Not five. Yeah, like five, 5.5, I think it was his numbers. I'm not sure. Meanwhile, Dak Prescott's numbers, if the page will load. This is yards per attempt, by the way. Yards per attempt. His yards per attempt are 8.4. 8.4. Meaning that he's pushing the ball down the field significantly. He had 1,800 yards. He had a 68% completion percentage. He was fantastic, ladies and gentlemen. And then you have Andy Dalton with 377 yards, 5.7 yards per attempt, one touchdown, two interceptions, 65.2% completion percentage, and a significantly below average passer rating at 68.8, three sacks, 34 of 54. Oh no, excuse me. In 2020, he had 377. Uh, yards, but uh, that's because in the Giants game he had to play for um, because Dak got hurt, obviously. Um, and then in the Cardinals game he had 266 yards, so significantly worse. And his completion percentage was 62 percent, so significantly worse than initially thought. Uh, long story short, Andy Dalton isn't as good as people think he is. For every moron that was like Andy Dalton's gonna bail out Dallas. Let me read you some of his numbers before he came to Dallas, right? So, <clears throat> where's uh? So he's two for eleven, right? In Cincinnati, three thousand four hundred and ninety-four yards, sixteen touchdowns, fourteen interceptions, and then I'm just gonna go back touchdown to interception ratio: twenty-one of eleven, twenty-five of twelve, eighteen of eight. And do you want to know all of his um? Let me let me get yards per attempt, right? This year in Dallas, 5.7. 6.6 is good, not great. 7.7, 7.07, 6.7. So his yards per attempt are kind of good here here and there in some of the years. But then you look at his actual completion percentage and yards and win-loss record, and then you're like, his stats don't matter because they aren't contributing to the wins. They aren't contributing. He can have, he can have, uh, he can have, he can freaking be 19 have 19 touchdowns, 17 interceptions, and his team goes 10 and 5. It doesn't matter. His numbers don't matter, ladies and gentlemen. The team matters, which is why I was like, be careful what you wish for for every Cowboy fan that was like, don't pay Dak, sign Andy Dalton, trade away Dak for Andy Dalton. Can you imagine Andy Dalton against the uh, the Rams, the Giants game for the full game? And not when Dak Prescott had essentially won them the game for them against the, uh, you know, all the teams that Dallas had won. Can you imagine how bad that team would have been, right? And for everybody who was like, you know, Dallas, all they got to do is run the football and play uh, clock management and all those idiots that said that for the last week. Shut up. You don't know anything, anything about schemes in the modern offense and in the modern day, uh, in, in modern day football, right? You don't know anything about that. Don't even touch it. And these are some some of these players, some of these guys that are that are giving uh, that are giving their takes are former players, and they don't even know what they're talking about. They're like, you know what? 
we're just gonna you know, we're just gonna give out our opinion on it and it's just gonna be so wrong and completely unfounded and what we probably the last cowboy game that we probably watched from start to finish was in 2016 maybe to 2018 maybe and they're like let, let just run it with zeke just run it with zeke and it's like you don't know how you don't even know how the team you don't know the culture of the team and and what the team is trying to do offensively versus what the opposition is trying to do defensively and more importantly what the team can do offensively versus what they can do uh versus what they can do against certain defenses you don't know what the strength of the team is you don't know anything about the team shut the hell up you are unintelligible when it comes to your takes on football. And some of these players know way more about football than I do. Some of these guys are Hall of Famers. Maybe not Hall of Famers, but some of these guys were like played in the league for like 10 plus years. And they don't know anything about how to watch football. They don't know anything about how to judge the Cowboys. They don't know anything. They don't know how to solve the Cowboys. But I do. And I'll get into it in a little bit. But yes, give the ball to the fumbling running back that had two fumbles. Give it to the quarterback that had two interceptions. Give it to the defense, and for every moron that's like, you know what, the, the, the defense just needs to rest. They're a good defense. They can just rest. And this is why people are spazzing out and freaking out, and people are like, ha, the Cowboys are terrible. It's like, listen, man, I knew after week two, maybe week three, Cowboys defense wasn't going to win us any games. Period. End of story. You want to know why? Because against the Rams, where the offensive line, it's not great, it's good, but you would expect a Marcus Lawrence to be able to apply some pressure to Jared Goff you know, against the Falcons, DeMarcus Lawrence had zero sacks. Against the Browns, zero sacks. Against the Seahawks, zero sacks. I don't care about quarterback pressures. What were his hits? What were his sacks? I'll give you the numbers. Zero, zero, and zero. For strip, uh, for strip uh, sacks as well, for fumbles. He was terrible. Terrible. Did he even get a sack against the Cardinals? Because the Cardinals, they also have... A god-awful offensive line. Let me let me pick up the rankings here. Let me try and find the rankings. Let me pull them up. Hmm. Man, the pro football. The pro football reference. References. Reference articles, excuse me. Let me try and pull it up. If my internet will load. Let me scroll all the way to the bottom. Alright. So, this is the um, the offensive lines that they had going in to 2020. Right. Seattle was at 28. 48th overall. The Rams were at 25. Falcons were at 24. Cardinals were at 21. Giants were at 20, which is a surprise. Not a surprise, but it's obvious. It's like, yes, they're, they, they are a very bad unit. Where are they? What was the other team that they face off against? The Browns? The Browns are super high? Am I missing something? Did I scroll over them? Cleveland Browns are at 6. That's a surprise. And I think that's it. Right? 
most of the defenses, not defenses, offensive lines that they face off against were in the um, <clears throat> were in the uh, the bottom 20, right? DeMarcus Lawrence couldn't get a sack on most of them. I don't know why they ranked Cleveland's offensive line high. Don't know what PFF is watching, but um, they aren't very good. This is before the season, but if you go back last season, they weren't very good either. Point is, Demarcus Lawrence and that defense specifically against uh, pass uh, when it comes to pass rushing, excuse me, they should have been a lot better. That's why you had all these players come in and freaking uh, and, and, and you had Everson Griffin and Alden Smith and all these other players and pass rushers be there for uh, to help out freaking Demarcus Lawrence, right? It's a whole concept of why you signed all those guys. Come to find out, Demarcus Lawrence isn't a very good pass rusher. He's not. You overpaid for him. Jerry overpaid for him. Jerry, you overpaid for Ezekiel Elliott. You overpaid for um, Jalen Smith. Just overpaid, overpaid, overpaid. And I said it last year, and I'll say it again this year. It's not a good pass rusher. Not a good pass rusher. He's average at best. And I get the blacks. I've literally been on my computer, like, for the last couple of hours, and it just gave me the dumbass black screen thing that I was dealing with last week. Not last week, but yesterday. I updated my OS, and I don't I don't I don't get what's going on. Let me let me go to my OS. Or not my OS, but like my settings. I updated my OS yesterday, and it's like ever since then, it's just been giving me these weird errors. Or not errors, but like this obnoxious shit. Where just like we're freaking um we're freaking like just blacks out. The screen just blacks out for some weird reason. Where is it? Here it is. Hold on. It's like, bro, like, fuck. Like, can I not? Can I not have you freaking like going to sleep whenever I'm doing shit on my computer? Where is it? Fucking hell, it's so obnoxious when it does that shit. Uh, hold on, let me just, like, make sure that... Oh, yeah, like, screensaver, I'm guessing? Yeah. Hold on. Is it in, like, power save mode? Or is it in displays? I don't know. I'm done with this. Sorry about that. It's just like my computer just keeps on freaking doing the dumbest shit ever. So, what was I talking about? I was talking about how bad and how terrible the Cowboys' defense is. Yeah, like, they couldn't, they couldn't generate any pass rush. And before anybody says anything about the fucking secondary, can you name me a player within the secondary that started for the Cowboys besides Trevon Diggs? Maybe you can name me Antoine Woods. Maybe you can name me Anthony Brown. That is it. That is it. I don't know who was their safety. Maybe Darian Thompson or somebody else. Can't name you who their 
their second corner is, or was, it may have been Daryl Worley. They're bad in the secondary. But it's not the secondary that's, that's supposed to be good. It's the defensive line. And this is why, like, people just don't understand the Cowboys, right? For everybody who's complaining about the secondary and blah, 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 blah. It's like, listen, man. The whole purpose of your defense is to be able to get the ball out of your court, out of the quarterback's hands, provide pressure, stop the run. That's why you invested so much into the front seven. That's exactly why you did that. Because your secondary is garbage. It's not a surprise that it is. It's not a surprise that they gave up big plays. It's not a surprise. What is surprising and what has continued to be a surprise to me, how bad that defensive line has been. They have been awful okay that's the issue and then i see i see like i see like some people are complaining about the um some people on the cowboys some players on the cowboys are, are some defensive players are complaining about the coaching staff All right let me pull up jane slater's uh twitter account let me pull it up because she got the scoop let me pull it up as uh, if my internet will ever load this millennium. Okay, so it's not loading. Oh, wait, here it is. Here it is. Beautiful. <clears throat> Hold on. There's like a bunch. She's she's been like tweeting out a bunch in like the last twenty minutes. Okay, so she's giving a timeline of like what's been going on in um in the Mike McCarthy interview because it happened like I think an hour ago. Hold on. So, but let me get into what the defensive players uh, have been complaining about. Cowboys players initially bought into keeping things internal. Now, as they sit two and four, the discontent is leaking out on the coaching staff. Totally unprepared. They don't teach. They don't have any sense of adjusting on the fly. Another, they just aren't good at their jobs. Question to the Cowboys uh, players defensively, and this is why, for example, I'm I'm out on the defense and out on on um on freaking uh, on freaking certain players on the defense. Is listen, you guys suck. Like there's no if, ands, or but about it. You guys suck. There's no like good to great or dominant player on that defense if this was coming out of Aaron Donald if this was coming out of the Rams with Aaron Donald then I would be a lot more like uh I would be a lot more like um like concerned but you guys suck you guys have had it easy for the last four to five years you guys Cowboys defensive players you guys have been the problem it's not been the coaching prop staff excuse me you guys had two different coaching staffs and two different year and four and four years, five years actually. You guys are the problem. You guys haven't been a top ten defense 
in the last two years. It's been you guys that's been hiding behind the the uh, the offense with Dak Prescott and Ezekiel Elliott. And Dak Prescott can't fucking make a mistake because you guys can't get a fucking turnover to save your goddamn life. That you can't even make a uh, you can't make a, a a key significant defensive stop in the later parts of the game, as evident by that 2017 season, where it was the defense not the offense that lost the Rams and the Packers games where you guys could have gone up 11 to 5 instead of going down 9 and 7 and all you had to do was not not let up and not let excuse me a score happen within the last minute to 2 minutes of the game it's the defense wasn't the offense wasn't this coaching staff wasn't the coaching staff then wasn't the coaching staff uh, a, a couple of years ago that coached that team? Can't blame it on either one. It's your fault. And it's ridiculous that some of the players in, in, are, are initially talking about th- keeping things internal when they have been sucking all year. It, it, is, it is obnoxious to me that I have to read Jane Slater's Twitter where players are pissed off about the coaching staff when they haven't done fuck all this season. And they didn't do fuck all last season, and they didn't do fuck all the season. Well, they kind of did. But they didn't do fuck all in 2017. They didn't do fuck all in 2016. It was the offense that carried that team, and it's so annoying to see players complain about the coaching staff when it's not the coaching staff's fault that you guys have sucked and have been god-awful and your offense has shielded you from that, but the offense now wants to play up-tempo, the offense now wants to play um, wants to play a faster pace, the offense wants to, um, to freaking score more, and I have to watch your behinds, your butts, screw up the team and then complain about it to Jane Slater, whine like she's your mom, to Jerry Jones because you guys suck. That's what annoys me about the Cowboys. You don't see Dak Prescott, you know, a couple of years, a couple of weeks ago, being like, "Yeah, the offense is too complicated." You didn't see Dak Prescott a couple of years ago when John Kitna came in after the uh, after uh, the former Cowboy uh, after after Kellen Moore got upgraded to offensive co- coordinator and after um, and after Tony Romo's for, former quarterback coach, excuse me. Uh, uh, got fired and Kellen Moore got hired as the court. You didn't see any of this from Dak Prescott, but it's jokers on the fucking defense that fucking are complaining right now. And it's like, dude, nobody gives a shit. And if they do, then they're idiots. If people honestly care what you have to say, and they're trying to, they're trying to essentially um, uh, freaking get, what's it called? What's it called? Dysfunction within the organization. What does this do? At all. At all. For the team. How does how does airing it out that you don't like the coaching staff, how does that affect the team? Because you know what's going to happen? Mike Nolan's still going to be here next year because they're going to be like, oh, wait, these guys, Xavier Woods, gone. Gone. Some of the guys in the secondary, gone. Some of the guys on the defensive front, gone. And do you want to know why? Do you want to know what? They're going to be a better football team because of it. It, it irks me. Whenever I see the offense, like I've never seen Dak Prescott complain about the play calling, play calling ever, ever. He's been in a running offense for four years. This is the only year that he's been in a passing offense. Never complained about the defense. Never complained about the coaching staff. Never complained about the personnel grouping. Never complained. And I see dudes that couldn't hold his fucking jockstrap complain about the coaching staff. 
Oh my god. What a fucking joke. How about this? Hey, defense, how about you not get destroyed by the Cardinals? The Cardinals, man. How about you play with some fucking effort? How about you go out there and actually fucking try and actually execute the game plan? Because do you want to know what just happened? Mike McCarthy is now sending out shots to you jokers. He said that this team did simplify, and this is from Jane Slater. She's directly quoting him or she's giving a synopsis. This team did simplify the defensive playbook after the second game. What the fuck is your excuse now? It's a joke that you're complaining about the coaching staff when if I put this coaching staff on another team, the defensive coaching staff, and I put back the old one, you guys would still be sucking because this is the same fucking team and the same shit I saw last year. That's why you guys suck because you guys haven't changed even though the coaching staff has changed. It's time for some of you to step up and most of you aren't because you didn't step up last year and you certainly aren't going to step up this year. I'm irked that the defense, that defensive players are actually fucking saying, oh yeah, it's not on us, it's on the coaching staff, that's why, that's why we aren't giving full effort and actually trying to win fucking football games, joke, what an absolute joke, get them up, get them all out, all of them out, Jesus Christ, it's ridiculous that I have to sit here and be like, yeah, these dudes, they suck. God, man. If the offense isn't playing well, the defense isn't playing well. Not playing well, playing terribly. Offense has carried this fucking team for five years, and you guys can't do fuck all against the Cardinals. What a disgrace. Giving up the most points in NFL history. What a disgrace. Being so unprofessional, leaking shit to the media. I'm not a big leaker of the media both ways. Not a big... I don't like it when the players do it that much. I don't like it when uh, when when coaches do it. I don't like it when... when um I, Like, I don't like anonymous sources, period. I don't like it. I think it's kind of cowardice. Like, say who you are. Say who you are. Because I can probably guess... By the by the by the play of some of you, probably guess who it is. Some of you have no right to complain, and here I get you jokers fucking complaining and whining to Jane Slater like she's your mom. Jesus Christ! <clears throat> what a joke! What an absolute joke! Oy vey, oy vey. So I kind of teased it at the beginning of the podcast. I teased that, um, ooh, slices, what, what is that? I just saw a Little Caesars ad. I'm like, what, I, I'm not going to lie to you, man. I may get Little Caesars pizza or something. I'm super hungry right now. I have 36 tamales in my fridge and I'm like, I got to, <sighs> I'm just hungry. What was I talking about? I don't know what I was talking about. Let me go back. Let me go back to 
Saturday and Friday. Let me talk about some of the games that happened. In fact, before I do that, no. Let me talk about Arch Manning. Not Archie Manning. His name is Arch Manning. Arch Manning is named after his grandfather, Archie Manning. Obviously, the father of Eli Payton and I think his name is Cooper Manning. Can't remember his name. Um, grandfather of Arch Manning. Arch Manning played, I think, um, his first college, not college, high school football game on ESPN High School, whatever it's called. It's like on Fridays, stuff like that. I saw the highlights for it. And, uh, no, I didn't even see the highlights. I think I saw, like, um, like a shortage game. What's it called? A quicker version of the game. I don't know what it's called, but I saw a quicker version of the game. And I saw him destroy that team. I think it was Booker T. Washington in Louisiana, which is, like, one of the better schools, or it's supposed to be one of the better schools. I saw him against that team, and uh, it was not even close, ladies and gentlemen. Wasn't even close. They gave it to that football team nine different ways to Sunday, ladies and gentlemen. And I saw that game. I saw that game. The, um, you know, freaking... <clears throat> freaking um the arch manning game and i thought to myself you know he is without a doubt the next the next great manning in a long line of mannings right next great manning i don't know what college he's going to go to he needs a little bit of work but i saw some of his deep ball throws I saw some of the consistency that I wanted. He's got a big arm. He's super athletic. Um, his his father, Cooper Manning, is his name Cooper? I don't want to get his name wrong. I don't want to get his name wrong because he's he, you know, he, he's an he's an awesome guy. Hold on. Yeah, it is Cooper Manning. My bad. So yeah, I got his name right. But um, Cooper Manning, if you don't know, if you don't know the relevancy to Cooper, um, he was he was the athlete of the family. He was a wide receiver, right? Peyton and Eli, I mean, you, you only have to look at uh, how they play to, to understand that. They're not very fast dudes. You know, they're not very athletic guys, right? Except for apparently Peyton Manning, who now has like a six-pack. When did he get that? He certainly did not have that when he was playing. But Peyton, or Cooper, he's the athlete, right? So... Where, um, whenever, like, Arch Manning gets, you know, asked, like, who do you think do you compare to? And he's like, my grandfather, because I'm athletic. Because he, you know, he can throw the football and he has the athleticism of his father, right? And grandfather. And I watched him play and I was like, I don't really know which school he's going to go to, where and when and things of that nature. I don't know. But um, he's going to be great, man. I don't know what college... I know they're not trying to put a lot of pressure on him because you know he has Hall of Famers all up and down his family. Great legacy for the Mannings. I know. But I mean he's he's an exciting high school football player to watch. He's only like I think a sophomore. So I mean he's gonna come out 
to college or in co yeah to college in like the next couple of years and then it'll be a couple more it'll be like a good five maybe six years before he enters into the league maybe depending on if that's something that can actually happen for him depending on if he's good enough you know but yeah I liked a, I liked a lot of what I saw from um from Arch Manning when he was a uh, Okay. Okay. I just read something on my phone. Yeah, um I, I loved what I saw from March Manning. He was awesome on Friday. Hold on, let me I'm reading this. I'm reading something that I pulled up on my phone. Okay, so um Jerry commented on um Jerry Jerry said something interesting apparently. I don't like to read too much so he he essentially said what everybody's thinking he's like like um like essentially the glaring difference the the big difference between what happened uh yesterday and what happened last week is that Dak Prescott was uh was on the field like they have orders they have orders I'm looking at Little Caesars man like Frick's sake. This is like one of those times where I'm like so hungry that I'm just like, I'm window shopping right now, right? Like, I'm like, I gotta, you know. Frickin' like, like, I just want to see what they have, right? They have a, they have an extra most best test stuffed crust pepperoni. I saw an advertisement for the slices and sticks. Maybe not necessarily the best phrase for a pizza. I love the deep dish pepperoni pizza. But they also have the extra most best test. You know what I'm going to do? Because I plan... Wait, they, they don't have the deep dish pizza. Oh, here it is. You know what I love about Little Caesars? And I had a Little Caesars... Um. I'm from Georgetown, Texas, and there's, like, a Little Caesars that came there, like, in some of my final years in high school, and the coolest thing about Little Caesars is that they have large pepperoni pizzas for, like, $6, comparatively to, like, when I went out to Papa, like, their classic pepperoni is 5 comparatively to when I went to, like, Papa John's, for example, the other day, no, 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 well, it was a Papa John's, yeah, it was Papa John's, and it was, like, the exact same size as Little Caesars, and it cost, like, almost, yeah, triple the amount, like, it was, like, $16, I love Domino's, too, I, Domino's is the best, but, I mean, god, man, Little Caesars, their pizza is so fucking cheap, this is what I'm gonna do, freaking on, um, when Cyberpunk is released, I'm going to freaking go to Little Caesars. I'm going to get all their pizza. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to get pizza. I may get three different pizzas and eat all of them. God, I'm so hungry. I feel like I'm getting... I'm so hungry that it's getting to the point of, like, it being obnoxious. So, talked a little bit about Arch Manning. I really, really like him a lot. Like, he, he was he was fantastic. You know, he didn't... Like, he he didn't have... Like, like he wasn't the best player. Well, I won't say that. Yeah, he wasn't the best player. I think their running back was better than him. But, I mean, you know, he's a sophomore. And uh, for, for what it's worth, he played a fantastic game. And, you know, I can't wait to see him going forward. I'll, I can't wait to see him in college. And I'll kind of follow him 
you know, for the next couple of years, if he decides to play sports at all. I don't know. I don't know. Shout out to him. Okay. So let me kind of uh, get into this. Let me get into um, the nitty-gritty of the weekend, some college football, because I think that there's um, there's some pretty important stuff that happened this weekend. So I'm watching, and I teased this almost an hour before I teased, you know, the most important game of the week happened this weekend. Obviously. Duh. Nope. No dirt. Right? But um, what was the most important game of the week, right? So it wasn't an NFL game. It was a college game. Can you guess which college game it was? I'll give you a second. Okay, seconds over. It was Alabama versus Georgia. Uh, I watched that game. I'm watching it, I think, a third or fourth time because uh, this game has NFL implications. Let me read you the reasons why. Amari Cooper, Calvin Ridley, Jerry Judy, Henry Ruggs, Jalen Waddell, and Devontae Smith. Do you want to know what all of those players have in common? On top of, you know, the obvious that they played at Alabama. They're all wide receivers. And I talked about it a couple of weeks ago. I talked about how I thought that OU was essentially um, quarterback U and DBU. Meaning that quarterbacks and wide receivers come out of that school, right? On a very, very high rate. Especially, you know, the best ones, right? Like, I, I don't think they've had a quarterback drop out of the second round in the last four years. So, I mean, they are a very, very good school, great school at recruiting quarterbacks, wide receivers, right? But then I was like, I looked at the amount of guys that they have, right? Guys that transition to the league that are great and good. And then I looked at, like, guys that transitioned from Alabama that are, like, great to good. And I was like, Alabama, like, like look at the best wide receivers in the league. Alabama. Jerry Judy, one of the best young ones. Henry Ruggs, one of the best young ones. Amari Cooper, one of the best, period, right? Like, just wide receivers after wide receivers. I mean, they are a fantastic team at getting wide receivers, and I was watching Alabama versus Georgia this weekend. And all I was thinking of is I was like, wait, they got two two wide receivers? I thought it was just going to be Devontae Smith. But there's this other guy. His name is Jalen Waddle. He's essentially a, 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 I think, shorter version of Henry Ruggs III. And I saw him run through Georgia's defense. And do you want to know what this has implications for the next couple of years in college. And the reason why I say that is because in the SEC, Alabama is the number one offense in the SEC, and Georgia is the number one defense in the SEC. The score, ladies and gentlemen, let me read you it. Let me read you it. What was the score? I didn't write down the score. Why didn't I write down the score? Hold on. What was the score? 41 to 21. 41 to 24, excuse me. 
It wasn't even close. Wasn't even close. Their offense just exploded. It exploded and it would not be stopped. It would not be contained. They wouldn't be denied. Wasn't even close. And I put two and two together, and I was like, wait a second. Like, all of these wide receivers coming out of Alabama, it has NFL implications. First and foremost, um, these next couple of wide receiving, wide receiver draft classes are going to be very deep. Maybe, maybe not deep, but top-heavy, I would say. The best of the best dudes that could start, dudes that could be great wide receivers. When you think about it, right? For example, and I remember the broadcasters, they were talking about how, you know, there's some NFL teams like the Jets that don't have as good of wide receivers uh, as Alabama does. And it's not very hard to look far and, and wide and be like, yep, it's very true. Jets, Jaguars, you can make a case without Jerry Judy. You know, Henry Ruggs and Jerry Judy or Waddle and Devontae. Like, if you really go back last year where all three of those guys, uh, Devontae Smith, Jerry Judy, and Henry Ruggs, they all could have been first-round draft picks. All of them could have been. I mean, it's just like player after player after player, wide receiver, wide receiver, wide receiver. And it kind of thought, and I thought to myself, because they even have a really, really nice running back, um, really didn't have a lot. He had some big plays, but he didn't, like explode like he w- he didn't flash like Waddle and Devonte Smith did. Uh, Najee Harris, Najee or Najee Harris. He he even had like five five rushes per carry, 150 yards. By the way, he had 30 rushes, 150 yards, ladies and gentlemen. He was just a consistent running back that you can give the ball to. Essentially, an Alabama running back. And when you watch, when I watched Alabama play last uh, last Saturday, I thought to myself, I was like, "What's going to happen in the next couple of years is you're going to see a major shift from okay, wide receivers. They're not necessarily an important position or as much of an important position as you would think, because uh, as evident by literally two of the best wide receivers in the NFL getting traded this um, this last season or this uh, last off season. You're going to see that. You're seeing. You're going to see." Uh, the NFL go from that to, holy fucking shit, we now need wide receivers and slash or we can get wide receivers. That's what I think you're going to see in the league. And I, and I talked about it on Friday a little bit. I talked about it with Joel Klatt, where Joel Klatt was talking about how essentially, you know, you know, college football, I forgot what the quote was actually. And I, and I can't pull it up because my freaking... My freaking computer got the obnoxious, like, if playback doesn't begin shortly, try restarting your device. I'm not restarting my device, obviously, because I'm fucking podcasting right now. But it's like it got that dumbass glitch again. So now I'm going to just have to freaking Joel Klatt, Colin Cowherd. Here it is. It's already in my search recommendation. Here it is. As I get an ad. An unskippable ad, I might add. Wait, hold on. It's like six seconds left. Cool. Here we go. So let me kind of fast forward to like a couple of minutes. 
the future of that staff, in particular Tom Herman. Okay, so he's talking about Texas. Let me go to him talking about football. So I was. Uh, the, it's funny about the SEC. The defenses aren't so hot in the SEC either. <laughs> Not anymore. <laughs> Everybody's. My goodness. So it is interesting. What in Alabama's defense? This is yeah, not. They got torched. Miss. Not a special defense. It just, I, I watched it. It's not as good up front. It's not quite as fast. It's just not. It doesn't make you as uncomfortable as a quarterback. Alabama always makes you uncomfortable. It's just not quite as. So here's my. Question. What if it's not the defense's fault? What are you saying? I'm, I'm just saying here's here's the important part of what of what I want to show you of what I'm trying to like convey here but what if it's not specifically any of these defenses what if it's the the evolution of offense has nullified the effect of even great defenses because great defenses all have one thing in common and is that that is that they are great at the defensive line position right they win the line of scrimmage right. and then it makes you uh, struggle offensively for the rest of the game and the spread offense, Colin, has totally neutralized the effect of the defensive line because the spread, the modern offense, and now I think it's, it's really permeated throughout college football, and you've got some great coordinators out there, but what you're seeing right now is, is the neutralization of great front seven players by the spread offense because the spread offense, if run and executed correctly, is always right. You've always heard the old adage in baseball that, like, great pitching always beats great hitting, right? right? Well, great offense always beats great defense in the modern college football because the spread offense neutralizes the numbers. There's always options available. You cannot cover the amount of options that the spread offense presents to you. And I think that's why you're starting to see some of these teams struggle. The only way that you can get past that as a defense is if you have great man-to-man corners, that's the only thing. It's not even defensive tackles anymore, although those are a great plus. I'm not saying that you don't have to have those. I'm just saying that if you don't have great corners that can just lock down wide receivers and take away that option because they're better man-on-man, then you're going to struggle as a defense. Oh. So you kind of see that with the NFL, right? And you're going to see that with the NFL where Waddle and Devontae Smith and uh, – and, um, and, and Jamar Chase and all these guys are going to come into the league. And, and what have you noticed in the last couple of years, specifically in this year, right? The rookies are eating dudes and teams alive because there's some corners that are the number one corners on some teams that should not even be the number two corners on most teams. They should be like, you know, second. They should either be the number three or number four. Shouldn't be the number one, right? And you're having dudes that need to be guarded against, like, like CeeDee Lamb, perfect example, right? CeeDee Lamb is is going to get the, uh, you know the uh, the lion's share of uh, of easy dudes to beat because he's going up against slot guys, right? And I thought they were going to use him more as a motion guy. I thought they were going to use it, maybe not motion, but I thought they were going to use him more exotically in the sense of like, hey, we're going to sub out Gallup and CeeDee Lamb's going to be at the top, or Amari Cooper's going to be in the slot and and CeeDee Lamb's going to be outside. I thought they were going to do that more. They're not doing that like at all, but. Whenever I watch the Cowboys play, I watch them and I'm like, not the Cowboys, but whenever I watch all of these wide receivers play, I'm like, there, there's no way to cover the amount of wide receivers that this team has. Or this wide receiver is incredibly good, not just for, you know, for his year, because it's, you know, for, you know, for how young he is, but also he's good for, you know, for a wide receiver. Like there's some dudes like CeeDee Lamb has half of a thousand yards right now. He's three yards away from a thousand from five hundred yards. 
He's probably not going to make it, and Dallas probably won't have a thousand yards because Dak Prescott isn't in the isn't on the team. But it's like, I mean, most of these most of these wide receivers in the NFL today, right? They're not divas. They're very like they're very understanding, and in, in, in some of them have come the best. Some of the best have come out of Alabama. They're very understanding. They're like, yeah, we'll kind of take a back seat, and we'll we understand the the scheme and the plot of the team and things of that nature. And um, we'll we'll still play hard and things of that nature, right? They're not divas. They work hard. The dudes out of Alabama, especially, are route runners. And it's like I watch I watch a lot of I watch a lot of football. Peep this game, son. Let me read you the the numbers this weekend. Let me read you the numbers. So these were the amount of points that were scored this weekend, right? These were the scores, excuse me. 20 to 19, 30 to 14, 27 to, no, uh, to, no, 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 that's week five, excuse me. This is week six, 42 to 36, 30 to 28, 40 to 23, 38 to 7, 31 to 27, 34 to 16, 23 to 16, 20 to 19, 18 to 12, that's the Patriots and the Broncos, 24 to 0, 38 to 10, 24 to 16, 26 to 17, 38 to 10. There's no 7 to 10 games anymore. There's no um, there's no 10 to 6 games or 7 to 3 or 3 to 10 or there's no more of that. The lowest scoring game was 18 to 12. Just like what Joe, and, and it hasn't transferred 100% yet, but there's going to be some dude somewhere, whether it's Kyle Shanahan or Sean McVay or Lincoln Riley's going to come into the league. Somebody's going to come in and they're going to say, hey guys, listen, like we're running the, the air raid spread offense, or more specifically the spread offense, and we're just going to take away dudes like Khalil Mack, dudes like Chase Young, Nick Bosa, and you're going to have to have good corners to cover our guys. And it doesn't matter about our in our in our offensive line doesn't matter at all. Do you want to know why your offensive line doesn't matter at all, or our offensive line doesn't matter at all? Because we're not using the offense, the offensive line to go uh, to to run our offense through. We're using our wide receivers and our quarterback. It's why, for example, Dak Prescott. Uh, I I don't know how many times he was sacked. How many times was he sacked? Let me look it up. I mean, when you think about it, he didn't have... How many sacks did he have this, this season? How many sacks? Three. Three. One, two, one. There are some games like against Cleveland and against the Rams where, I mean, Aaron Donald, Miles Garrett, okay, fine. But one against Atlanta, which he should have had more. Two against the Seattle Seahawks kind of a bad team and one against the Giants like he should have had more he had backup players backup players starting and a rookie at center didn't miss his beat threw for a fuck ton of yards too and a fuck ton of touchdowns offense is changing defense essentially band-aid over a bullet hole you're gonna get shot you're gonna get gashed 
There is no shutouts anymore, unless you're just terrible, like the Jets, who got shut out this weekend. There is no shutouts. Or the Cowboys, who almost got shut out. There is none of that. It's only winning and scoring points. If you're going into the next season with the intention, we're going to shut down every team, you're going to be fucked. Because every team now can score points. Every team. Every team. <sighs> so that's kind of what I learned this weekend. I was like, wow, like there's a lot of high-powered offenses in college and the defenses, they're ju you just can't stop them. You just cannot stop them. The game is skewed towards offense. Offenses now have found a way to um, to to essentially um, make the most out of their offense. It's also why I'm so against just having a running offense because there's just so many better ways to, to essentially do the exact same thing except way more efficient. Just saying. Let me talk about Trevor Lawrence and then I'll give you my game day prediction for Giants versus Eagles. Saw a little bit of Trevor this weekend. Um, he's the best. He's the best quarterback coming out of this draft. That's not really that big of a surprise, but um, I would go as far to say that the national championship probably is going to be his um, unless something terrible happens. Um, he looks like a starting NFL quarterback right now. Like right now, he looks like a starter. When I watch Trevor Lawrence play, I see a very, very well-developed quarterback that is playing college, I can't explain it. I don't understand how he's that good, that developed, and he's only in his third year in college. Like, I feel like the the time that it would take for him to transi transition, excuse me, to be, uh, to go from a college pro to, uh, not a college pro, a college athlete to a professional football player is very short. It may take less than a year in the league. Like, during the season, it's like, wow, like, yeah, Trevor Lawrence is a professional football player. He's not a college athlete learning the system. He is already in the system, and he's just trying to become better. He had, like, what was the score? What was the score? some weird reason I didn't write it down oh no I did 52 to 7 by halftime halftime I get it it's college football and you know the score you know it, it's, it's like they score a lot of points if you're a good player and stuff like that but completely different level ladies and gentlemen Completely different level. Completely different player than most. He's so much better than everybody else. The Jets are talking about giving, uh, getting Sam Darnold, or not Sam Darnold, Trevor Lawrence as the number one overall draft pick. I hope not because they are a god-awful team. And I hope that he really considers being like, nope, not going to leave college. Going to stay in college another year. Justin Fields, 
go deal with that mess. Somebody else, Trey Lance, whoever, deal with that mess. I'm not. That's ridiculous. And I remember I saw Rich Eisen, because he's a Jets fan, he tried to rationalize it, and, you know, I, I feel bad for Rich because he is a Jets fan. But he was talking essentially about how, you know, he wants to come out of college, and, you know, he, like like there's, there's a, the potential for them to build a good team and stuff like that because they have a lot of draft picks, and Joe Douglas is going to be a good coach, uh, not a good coach, good GM, things of that nature, and they're going to hire Dabo Sweeney or Eric Bieniemy. If I'm Dabo or Eric, I'm not leaving where I am right now to go anywhere besides a good football team. Probably the Texans, maybe the Cowboys, maybe another team. I'm not going. I'm not leaving my, my job in Oklahoma to fly out to New York to be in a undesirable location where I can't get paid more. Maybe Eric Bieniemy goes because he, he, you know, he, because he wants the head coaching job and he wants to coach as a head coach finally. But, I mean, no. Don't go. Don't leave. Nobody should leave their team for the Jets. And I don't. And I get it. You want to be a head coach. You want to. You want to own your own team. You want to do your own thing. I get it. You want a lot of money. I get it. You do not want to go to that organization. There is nobody that should ever be like, yeah, the Jets. They're a fine organization. No, do not go to that team. They got shut out. They are literally roasting their head coach. I remember I saw. A, a, a um, Jets fans at the Dolphins game in Miami saying fire Gase. The chance would start to go up. Fire Gase. They're in Miami. You want to deal with that mess? You want to deal with your fans essentially turning on you and asking you to get fired? Do you want to deal with the mess that is the Jets that they traded away all their best players or at least one of their better ones? You want to deal with that? Or do you want to stay in Oklahoma? Or do you want to stay in Kansas City and work with Patrick Mahomes? Do you want to stay where you are and just be paid millions of dollars or hundreds of thousands of dollars to work with some of the best talent in the NFL or in college football? I vote stay where you are. I don't ever want to see Trevor Lawrence or or um, or or uh, Lincoln Riley, Eric Bieniemy, whoever, go to the Jets and then stink and then we, we, we freaking replay the same process over again. The Jets are a bad organization. Don't go to them. Trevor, if the Jets have a, a number have the number one draft pick in the NFL and there's heavy hints to them selecting him, I would not come out of college. I would say my butt in and I would just be like, hey, not coming out. And they'll ask you why. It's because the Jets have the number one draft pick. Don't draft me. And, and, and I think it's like you can declare for the NFL. I don't think you can declare for the NFL draft. I don't think you can go back to college. But um, if I was Trevor Lawrence, I'd be like, nope, I'm not, uh, I'm not coming out this year because of uh, the Jets. The Jets, man. And his draft stock will probably go down, but I don't care. And he shouldn't either. He's a first-round draft pick. He's one of the best quarterbacks um, uh, freaking in the last couple of years. He's that good. I don't care. Don't come out. Stay your ass in college, Trevor. The Jets aren't worth it. Dealing with the headache that is the Jets, it's not worth it. Final thing I got to talk about here today, Giants versus Eagles coming up on Thursday night football. Can't wait to cast that football game. What else do I have? Please tell me I don't have the Cowboys on Sunday because I really don't want to watch another Cowboys game. NFL football. Really don't want to watch the Cowboys this weekend. Oh, yeah, I forgot that, uh, that the World Series was happening this weekend. Okay, cool, we got, a, we got literally no Cowboy games. 
Is the World Series on ESPN? World Series. Oh, no, it's on Fox. It's on Fox. It's Tampa Bay Rays versus the Los Angeles. I don't know. I don't know. Eagles versus Giants. I'm taking the Eagles. They've had some pretty solid games in the last couple of weeks. A lot of people are talking about how Carson Wentz and the Eagles almost won that game uh, against the Ravens, even though I think they scored 21 points in the fourth quarter. 22, excuse me. Um, nobody gave any credit for Dallas to get uh, getting the game within three against the Browns a couple of weeks ago, so I'm not going to give a lot of credit uh, to the Eagles for almost uh, beating the uh, the uh, what is it the the Ravens in garbage time. I'm not going to not going to clap it up for them. What I will say is this, I think I think the Giants, they I don't think they I think the Eagles are going to win this division this year. I don't think Dallas is going to be a contender and I don't think the Giants are going to be either. Maybe Washington, maybe probably not. But I think the Eagles are going to win it. I don't think they have the best team. I think they're going to be the better team and that's all you got to do. That's all you got to be this year. Just be better. Stop of the third, Tampa Bay and Los Angeles, zero to zero. I think Joe Buck is casting this game, isn't he? Yeah, he is. He was he was literally like, where was he last night? He was in Buffalo last night. He's in Los Angeles, I think today, or Florida. I can't tell where the field is. Anyways, Eagles, I think, are going to win it. I think they're going to win their second game of the season, and then the Cowboys are going to, I don't know, maybe go down against Washington. Probably not, unless they're just, you know, like I, I, don't, I don't think so, but, you know, we'll see. God, am I hungry. I'm so excited, and I can't play you any music. can't play you any music because like i got the uh, the weird ass glitch let me tell you something man i am so excited so excited to freaking start eating stuff tomorrow i don't want to eat like a pig but i also want to have like an abnormal amount of food because it's like like i haven't eaten in like three fucking days holy smokes Let me see it. Oh, my God. I'm, like, right now, I'm just looking at pictures of food because I'm so hungry. They got the pepperoni pizza. I've, I haven't tried cheese pizza in the longest of times, but I want I want that slices and sticks plus a large pepperoni. Like, two large pepperonis. Two large-ass pepperonis. God. I can't wait. I cannot wait to finally fucking eat food tomorrow. Ladies and gentlemen, this has been 24's podcast, the best video gaming and sports podcast on the entire internet. If you like this podcast, you can find this podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Breaker, Overcast Podcasts, Radio Public. Pretty much where you can find any podcast, you can find my podcast, 24's podcast. Super hungry, excited to eat something tomorrow. Go out and vote. It is super fucking easy.
Until my next podcast, I hope you have a fantastic day. And I'll see you next time.